Welcome to the Mending Trauma Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Hoyt, and along with my sister, Lena Hoyt, a licensed marriage and family therapist, we want to help you recover from trauma, whether it's childhood trauma, complex trauma, PTSD, or any other trauma sustained from abuse or narcissistic relationships, we want to help you develop skills and ways that can help you to recover from the symptoms and the effects of trauma. We are so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hi, Amy here. Are you feeling stuck or overwhelmed by things that pop up in your daily life? And perhaps these are because of past traumas or toxic stress? Have you tried traditional therapy and found that it wasn't enough? I know that was the case for me. That's why we developed the Whole Health Lab. Mending Trauma has put together a program that combines the latest research with proven methods to help you recover from trauma and move forward from these daily stressors and triggers. We use somatic therapy, EMDR, cognitive behavioral therapy, and internal family systems therapy. We use nervous system regulation, and many other tools so that we can combine the best methods that are identified in the research to help you recover without being completely overwhelmed. So you can work on trauma on your own pace, your own time, and still with the mentorship and support of a highly trained certified staff. That's us. No more waiting for appointments or sitting in traffic, driving to see a therapist. With our online program, The Whole Health Lab, you can access it from anywhere, anytime, even on an app. Visit mendingtrauma.com backslash whole health lab and learn more. Get your questions answered. We've got a frequently asked questions section and sign up so that you can have this life-changing program in your world today. Don't let your past hold you back any longer. Take control of your future and we can't wait to see you in The Whole Health Lab. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. We are excited to be here today. And today we want to talk about a really important link that was found in the 1990s between adverse childhood experiences, otherwise known as ACEs, and what we call childhood trauma. A lot of times um, we use these terms interchangeably in the field, and we thought it would be good to explain what they are and how they're linked. So Lena, tell us about ACEs. How did ACEs come on the scene? ACEs came on the scene because um, there was a lot of interest in the mid-90s as to how certain experiences in childhood affect long had long-term health implications. And it was really a very seminal study. It was extremely unusual. It was done in partnership with uh, Kaiser Permanente, and there were 17,000 participants. So it's very robust in its size of, um, in the N size, which is the number of participants. And um, what happened is that Kaiser began asking their um, members in 1995 if they could provide detailed information about their childhood experiences of abuse, neglect, and family dysfunction. And over 17,000 members participated. ACEs defines, it has certain definitions for what an adverse childhood experience is. Some of these are childhood abuse, 
neglect, domestic violence, household members abusing alcohol or drugs, and other traumatic experiences. And the beautiful thing that they found is that all of these things have a long-term implication on physical health, such as blood pressure, heart attacks, diabetes. As I understand it, the ACEs study was originally designed without an intent to find this particular link. Um, I can't remember what they were originally looking for, but this was an accidental finding of the first study that Kaiser did. Do you remember what they were trying to find originally? Because I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember, but but it it was not this. They were, I think they were very intrigued by the results. Oh, for sure. And I know that after Kaiser um, did their study, they then partnered with the NIH, the National Institute for Health, and um, they replicated these results through a, a larger study. And I believe that is the 17,000 people. Um, but I know that it was pretty stunning, but because before this, even though we had, you know, Bessel van der Kolk in Boston studying vets, and we had other people who were, you know, working on trauma, we didn't really have a deep understanding from a medical perspective that childhood trauma or these adverse experiences led to physical ailments long-term throughout your life. Yeah. And some some of the health problems that have been linked to ACEs are alcoholism abuse or alcoholism and alcohol abuse, obesity, um, ischemic heart disease, liver disease, autoimmune disease, migraines, early initiation of smoking, adolescent pregnancy. So these are physical things that happen as a result of these traumatic experiences. And they weren't identified as traumatic experiences in, at the beginning of the study. Exactly. And I think what was, because I can still remember sitting around the dining room table, one of our Sunday dinners, you know, 10, 15 years ago, um, maybe 15 years, I can't remember how many years ago it was, and talking about this. But what was really um, stunning to me is the amount of people who have experienced ACEs. So we know that at least 66 adult, 66% of adults in the U.S. have had one adverse childhood experience. We know that if you have more than four adverse childhood experiences, you have a higher, you have a lower life expectancy and a higher chance of heart attack and stroke. So we're talking this, these are very deadly experiences when they are not addressed. We have these ACEs. Originally, there were 10 questions asking um, what basically if you'd had these experiences in childhood. And, you know, now we're here, we're 30 years later, um, 30 plus years later. (laughs) What do we know now about ACEs? What's happened with ACEs since then in terms of how we talk about what constitutes an adverse childhood experience? The research supports the idea that when you have an overwhelming experience and you're in terror or horrible fright, 
and you go into fight or flight or you go into freeze, that unless these things are um, addressed and worked through, that they will impact your uh, life expectancy and your quality of health throughout your life. And what we've seen is that in the therapeutic community, we've started co-opting the ACEs to support some of the beliefs that have been held in the therapeutic community for some time, that what happens to us affects how we deal with the world from that point on. It affects how we see ourselves. It affects how we see our world and that these experiences actually have turned into a really clear path to identify early childhood trauma and or complex trauma. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. It definitely added a lot of um, scientific research to what therapists were seeing in their practice every day. Um, and it also tied those long-term effects because a lot of time a therapist may work with someone for years, but probably not from the ages, you know, of 16 to 50 when they would have an early death. Um, so I think that's really helpful. The other thing I've been thinking about as we were preparing for this episode is that there is a lot more conversation about the um, cultural, racial, and um, ethnic type of adverse experiences that happen in childhood, which wasn't originally part of the ACEs. And so in that way, I feel like ACEs has been rounded out in the last several years to include um, a lot more adverse experiences that basically give that same cascading um, issue with our health you know, constant stress, being in fight or flight, not being able to address it, feeling powerless, and then living like that for years and years and years where our nervous system is essentially on fire all the time, leading to all of these health problems. Exactly. I, I can remember when Gina, our sister-in-law, was presenting at the third annual Sub-Saharan Psychology Conference in Rwanda a few years ago. I think it was in at the end of 2017. And I remember her talking about how under um, constant stress, our telomeres are shortened. And I don't really understand all the science behind that, but I know that because the telomeres are shortened, it impacts our physical health and our physical well-being. Yeah, it's called the and telomere so, effect. And it is the end of our DNA strand and they start to get frayed and um, over time. And that, that fraying actually changes our DNA. And that's one way that generational trauma goes forward is through our DNA because the telomeres, or telomeres are changed at the end of the DNA strand. So we know that ACEs are adverse childhood experiences we know that they um, have done a lot to kind of solidify the effects that happen. The negative, really hard things that happen in childhood have lasting consequences if we don't get help. And we know that childhood trauma and ACEs are not identical. 
but they do work together. So one thing I wanted to talk about today and to help our listeners understand is the difference between ACEs and childhood trauma. And so in your mind, when you're seeing a new client, um, how, what is, do, do ACEs, are they more prevalent in your mind or are you looking for other things, um, you know, that would be more symptomatic of childhood trauma? Well, interesting. I've never thought about it that way, but what I do is I have in my mind from my training, my experience, my, um, my reading, the things that can be particularly traumatic in childhood. And so I'm always looking for, was there chaos in the home due to mental illness, due to a parent that raged and didn't have very good emotional regulation or due to substance abuse? And interestingly enough, these are all things that show up on the ACEs study as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. And so what can happen is that I, I look for um, patterns that the client is presenting to me and I ask questions about some things that they experienced growing up and the dynamics. And what will ultimately come out is whether or not there was physical abuse, whether or not the um, adult witnessed it as a child or was part, like was the victim of physical abuse. Um, I see a lot of trauma from divorce and it's interesting because divorce is, it can be traumatic, but the number one guaranteed thing that makes it traumatic is all of the high conflict between the parents and the co-opting of the children by one or both parents to get the children on their side. And that is tremendously traumatic. And in the ACEs study, there is a question about um, divorce, loss of a caregiver through divorce. I think as you're speaking, what I am, what's coming to my mind is that when we talk about childhood trauma, all of the ACEs questions apply and they seem to overlap, but there has been an expansion of how we understand childhood trauma in the most, in the recent years to include the good things we didn't get. And that is affection. That is um, support, attunement. And those are not covered in the ACEs study. And so I think when I think of these two, um, really important frameworks for understanding the people that we work with in our program. I think about ACEs and the bad things that happened to people that really affected their brain and their nervous system. And then I also think about the good things that they didn't get. So when you have an emotional neglectful parent, um, that, that can be traumatic we're not talking about the mom or dad is having a bad day and they go in their room early. We're talking a sustained lack of affection, lack of care, um, and lack of attunement, the ability to meet the child where the child is at. Yes. And that attunement is really important when, when children don't get the attunement, which means the parent actually is aware of the child's emotions and can 
help the child with their emotions without the parent losing their own temper and their own emotional regulation, then we have all sorts of later impacts in terms of how we relate to people, how it affects our work life, how it affects our relationships and friendships. So that attunement is very important. Yeah. So in in short, ACEs is a wonderful beginning of kind of looking at the lens of childhood trauma. So if you're curious, if you have childhood trauma, ACEs is a great place to start. And we also want to include the things that we need to thrive that we didn't get as traumatic. And so that would be supplement, you know, to the ACEs study. So we've talked a lot about what ACEs are, how it relates to childhood trauma, kind of what you look for when you're working with someone how we work with people in our program. And finally, I think what I want to leave listeners with is, can you recover from this? The great news is that as the research has continued in the trauma, um, in the trauma recovery movement, we've learned that you can heal from adverse childhood experiences But the key is, is that you can't only use your mind and you can't only use your voice. So talking about it over and over again or sorting through the way you think about it is a great way maybe to start. But in order to fully heal from traumatic experiences, we have to involve the body and we have to have clients reconnect their mind, their body, and their soul. And those are the things that we built our whole health lab on, those pillars. And when people start to involve the body in their healing journey, they have exponential healing success. And it's such a relief to see some of those people in our program find some peace and joy again. I think that's a great point and definitely the framework of the program that we work with people. I have noticed a very large impact of being in community for healing and that's that's shown in the research as well. And what comes to mind for me is that one of the hardest parts of childhood trauma is that our our need for survival and our, our biological imperative for survival and our biological imperative for connection get wired together because it's not safe. And so we're constantly trying to feel close to people in our family, but it's we're in fight flight. And so one of the things, the most beautiful things I've seen with people in our program is as they're working in community, they're able to... Um, start to rewire survival and connection separately. Wow. That's so beautiful. That's funny. I, you don't know this, but this morning I posted um, on our communities about how um, healing happens in community. And then I talked about this concept that you're talking about now. Isn't that fun? (laughs) We are just linked. We must be sisters. We must be sisters. That's awesome. Well, I think there is so much hope as well. I know our listeners know that you and I both had um, quite a bit of childhood trauma. We, I think I can tick off eight of the aces. Um, And 
not that I am perfect, but definitely, definitely um, do not live in a state of sympathetic fight or flight. Definitely do not live in a state of chaos. Definitely have access to joy and my prefrontal cortex most of the time. There is healing. There is hope. You do um, not have to live with the symptoms of childhood trauma. Thank you, Amy. I think that is absolutely correct. And so many people need to hear that. All right. Well, we are so happy to be with you each week and we look forward to talking with you next week. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Mending Trauma Podcast. Lane and I are really grateful that you spend time with us each week. We know you have a choice and that time is currency. We would love if you would share this episode on social media and tag us so we can reshare. If you feel so inclined, go and give us a five-star review wherever you listen to pods so that we can get the word out and help more people. We know that we are all working hard on our mental health and we wish you great success this week in implementing these new skills. We'll check in next week.